We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, everyone? This is Adam Mades from DNVR, excited to talk to you about American financing. Everyday bills are high, and everything is still very expensive, which is why, if you own a home, I want you to call our friends at American Financing. Interest rates are lower than they've been in a long time. They're saving their customers, on average, $854 a month by tapping into their home's equity and wiping out high-interest credit card debt. Their salary-based mortgage consultants are in it for you. Their job is to save you money. Call American Financing and tell them DNVR sent you today, and you may be able to delay two mortgage payments. That's 303-695-7000, 303-695-7000, or go to AmericanFinancing.net slash DNVR. BSM Buffs podcast part two for this week of the upcoming Arizona matchup. So we are going to go ahead and uh, kind of preview that game for you. Uh, my name is Sam Weaver and I'm here with Chase Howell. Chase, where would you like to start this week? Well, let's just get right into it. I mean, who are some guys that we should be looking out for on this Arizona team? I know they have a really good quarterback in Brandon Dawkins who likes to run the ball a lot. Um they don't have that many studs on defense that we really know of because there's a, they're a really young team. So we don't know a whole lot about this team defensively. We know offensively they really like to run the ball, and they run the ball with a lot of different guys. They have five guys that have over 100 rushing yards on the season, so they like to share the ball. Um, I know Nick Wilson is probably their top running back. J.J. Taylor, it looks like, has the most yards. Just from previous years, Nick Wilson has always been kind of their running back, kind of like their Phil Lindsay. Uh, I don't know if he's been hurt or what, but he's right up there on yardage. And Brandon Dawkins actually leads the team, their quarterback. So, Yeah, so I mean, it looks like their quarterback is going to be probably one of the uh, biggest offensive weapons that the Buffs are going to have to try to contain. Um, he leads the team in rushing, and uh, he's scored – five touchdowns, three interceptions through the air this year. So um, I think the Buffs secondary is going to have a, a pretty good game looking at these uh, Arizona wide receivers. None of them has really um, done too much, I guess, as far as statistics. They like kind of spread the ball around a little bit, but most of their uh, wide receivers are 
right around 100 yards. None of them have broken 200. None of them have scored more than twice. So I think this Buffs secondary is definitely going to win that battle this weekend. Yeah, I was reading what Arizona fans had to say, and they kind of talked about their receivers not having that many yards. And they said, and one of the comments was if Brandon Dawkins could hit the deep ball, they'd have a ton of yards. So I think the Buffs need to look out for that deep ball because they're going to take some shots after running it. And as long as Isaiah Oliver and most likely Dante Wigley can cover it, then they should have no problem there. Yeah, that's and we don't know a ton about um, the Arizona defense, like Chase said, but we do know that one of their uh, safeties got suspended during their bye week. And that was uh, Scotty Young. He was arrested and suspended for a domestic violence charge, I guess. So um, they're going to have some younger players in that secondary. I mean, it, it could be a good opportunity for the Buffs wide receivers to get some separation. Like we talked about earlier this week on the other podcast, it could be a good opportunity for them to kind of, I don't, I don't kind of get clicking again. Yeah. And that was a true freshman um, safety that got suspended, but he's been starting this whole season. So he, he has a lot of talent, obviously more talent than the guys behind him. Uh, they get a little bit more experience bringing in someone else there, but they still have a ton of freshmen. I think, two or three of their linebackers one of their corners is a redshirt freshman so they're a very very young team I think there was a stat 17 true freshmen yeah 17 true freshmen we we read that they've played so far this season so yeah that's a lot of true freshmen to have to play and so it's goes to show how much depth Arizona has and maybe that's something that CU will be able to exploit yeah, I mean, that's that's some of that's going to be because of injuries, right, when you get all of these true freshmen in there. But a, a lot of it is going to be just younger talent coming in and kind of winning overall. But either way, you have this group of Buffs veteran wide receivers who kind of need to take a step forward. And then you have this really young, inexperienced um, Wildcats uh, secondary that is missing at least one of their starters. And this this kind of seems like the perfect situation for the Buffs and maybe for Stephen Montez to kind of take advantage of that situation, too. It's a great game if you are looking for an offense that has been waiting to break out for five weeks already. I mean, every week we talk about, is this the week that the offense finally breaks out? And going up against an inexperienced defense and a defense that has given up a lot of points in the past in Arizona, it looks on paper like it could be one of those weekends for the Buffs. Yeah, let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's talk about um, the players that we really need to step up this week on CU side of the ball. So, uh, who would you like to start with, Chase? Um, we talked a little bit about him in our previous pod, but it's Ryan Moeller for me because he's been not he's not had his best game so far this season. But we haven't gotten to see his strengths, and I think that's in run defense. I think that's playing on the line of scrimmage playing that option and he's going to have to be the key guy to slow Brandon Dawkins down so I think I have a couple of players who I really want to see step up this week um I guess even position groups but uh first I want Dante Wigley if he is in for Trey Udofia they need him to have a good game they need to contain this quarterback and Dante Wigley coming in for Trey Udofia if he remains out with an ankle injury which we're not sure about that's going to be that's going to be an important uh pairing I guess matchup and then um I would love to see one of the wide receivers just have a great game I know we just kind of touched on that but like I would love to see Shea Fields have a great game this weekend or Bryce Bobo have a great game this weekend because I think neither one of them has really had just like a jaw-dropping game yet this year and we know they're capable of it we know Steven Montez is capable of it that would be a great thing to see this week I completely agree I think if we got to see one of those guys get into the end zone multiple times and maybe catch for 150 yards that would 
that would be something that this offense needs because I think the, these wide receivers need a little bit of confidence. I think their confidence right. might have been shaken through these first five weeks because they haven't gotten that the ball that much and they haven't had a big game like they were kind of expecting going into this season. So, yeah, I think a Shea Fields, Bryce Bobo, Devin Ross, any of them could really have a breakout game. I think, yeah, I think uh, seeing some deep balls is going to be huge here too, right? Like no matter who they're to, we need to see them – kind of reopen up that area of their passing game that they haven't really been using over the past couple weeks. Um, I would also really like to see some improvement along the defensive line. I'm not really picky about where it comes from, but I would love to see them get just like a little bit more pressure. I think, I think Drew Lewis is in line for a big game. We talked about this last week. I mean, he's, he just seems so close to recording his first sack this year and we just want to see that happen. That's, I would love that this week. Yeah, and with how much Arizona likes to run the ball, he's going to have to be flying around and making a lot of tackles. This might be his game where he racks up 15, maybe even 20 tackles just because of how much they're going to run the ball. Yeah, Pro Football Focus has him on their uh, draft riser board, draft board riser right now on their list. So That's probably something that Buffs fans don't want to hear considering he's yeah. a junior. I don't think any of us want to hear that. We talked about that a little bit on the last pod about Isaiah Oliver and maybe Drew Lewis potentially leaving, but... We're not going to talk about that right now. We're going to focus on the current, the present, and this game this weekend because Isaiah Oliver and Drew Lewis are both hopefully in line for big games. Another guy that I'm looking to step up is Derek McCartney, and we talked about him being on our not list yesterday, but I think this is a game where he could really have a good game. And again, it's about the run defense, and hopefully he can rack up some a lot of tackles. It would be nice to see them kind of try Leo Jackson, you know, because we haven't seen too much out of him recently just because teams have been avoiding him. And that's kind of a bummer because I love seeing Leo make big plays. So hopefully the Wildcats will just try to test Leo a couple of times and he'll get some big, big tackles, big wrap ups there. If you are unable to make it out to the uh, game this weekend at Folsom Field, you should definitely definitely check it out at the Blake Street Tavern in Denver. They have great beer, great food, tons of TVs, and you can hang out and watch the game with your friends. That's where we watch the games when they are away games. So, uh, yeah, head on down to the Blake Street Tavern. Check out the game there. Check out all of the Buffs t-shirts and all the great stuff they have. It's, it's a fun time every time. Do it. <laughs> Speaking of Leo Jackson, we're going to get into our keys to victory, and one of those is going to be stopping the run this week. The uh, Arizona Wildcats are pretty run-dominant offense, uh, and that's both their quarterback and their tandem of starting running backs, I guess. And uh, what? who do you think this is going to fall on this week, Jake, or Chase? We talked a little bit about Ryan Muller. We talked about Leo. Yeah, I think all of those guys. I think everybody on the defensive line and then especially the safeties and the Ryan Mullers because in an option offense that Arizona likes to run, they're going to be outside a lot. So it's going to be the safeties that are going to have to make open field tackles as well as probably the cornerbacks there too. Now, this is this is an area where I really like Evan Worthington and where Afalabe Laguda scares me a little bit. I, I like Foe across the board. I think he's a really great safety. I think he's a great leader of that defense. But open field tackles, maybe not his uh, strong suit. Yeah. Um, people tend to rag on him about that, actually. Yeah. And he's kind of gotten a little bit of a bad rap. I think he's improved, definitely, this year. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of big tackles, but he just he doesn't have that closing speed that Evan Worthington has when it comes when the receiver catches the ball or if the running back's out wide Evan Worthington just flies to the ball foe isn't quite like that but he has made some pretty big hits 
Um, Coach McIntyre has talked a little bit this week about how Foe is kind of relearning how to tackle because he has to learn how to hit in the chest instead of hitting in the head. And so that'll be kind of interesting. So uh, another defensive key to victory this week is going to be getting pressure on the quarterback. We talked about that a little bit in the pod where we reviewed UCLA. They really were not getting pressure on UCLA's quarterback. And this week they're going to have to do that. They go up against another team where one of their um, biggest offensive weapons is going to be the signal caller. So the defensive line really needs to – they really just need to be more consistently getting pressure to the quarterback. The pass rush has not been as good as that roster – kind of says that it could be yeah and the key this week will be different than last week where josh rosen you kind of want to get him out of the pocket um this week you want to keep brandon dawkins in the pocket because when he gets out of the pocket he's going to make plays kind of in the same way that montez is so keep him in the pocket try to get him down but it's going to be difficult yeah last week only one sack against ucla and it was from nose tackle javier edwards but um they, they really need to be getting more pressure on quarterbacks across the board. And, I mean, this week could give them the opportunity to kind of, I don't know, be a, be a little bit more aggressive up front, I guess. And then um, on the other side of the ball, we're going to talk about the same thing we talk about every week. This offense getting going is going to make or break their season. And I really think that this week is kind of their last opportunity, not to get the offense going, but to get the offense going in time to still compete in the Pac-12. Like, they're really – they're at that point where I don't even know if – they can fix it this is a tough time for them yeah i mean we're gonna get into is this a must win game a little bit later and it's kind of like is this a must play really well for this offense because they need a time to shine and they haven't gotten it yet and everyone has been expecting it every single week and they just don't get it and so this is a great opportunity for for them it's probably i mean really it's these next two weeks against oregon state as well they're not very good defenses. They're probably the two worst defenses that they're going to face in the Pac-12. So it's about time that they get rolling. Well, and it really, it's, we've talked about this a lot too. It's not a talent issue. It's almost like a spark issue. So if the Buffs can get one good, like offensive game together, I think it's going to get things rolling again. And I think that's going to be huge for this team. I think I mean, it's it's just kind of hard to watch them struggle this much when you know how capable they all are. The offense getting going is a big part of kind of them not getting in their own way, which we talked about earlier in the week, which Steven Montez talked about at Tuesday's press conference. Teams are not beating the Buffs. The Buffs are beating themselves was kind of his, his message. And we talked a little bit about um, the little mistakes in these because they're not really little mistakes when they're costing you games anymore. So... Um, penalties and drops and all of these things that are kind of basically negating all of the positive things that the buffs are doing. Um, what do you, what do you think chase this week? Not getting in their own way. That's gotta be like one of the biggest keys to victory. Yeah. It's gotta be what they're thinking about. I mean, they, they've done something every single game, whether it's an interception, it's a drop ball, it's a penalty. They've done it to get in their own way in these last two losses. So, they're going to have to figure out a way to win. And that might be part of not getting in their own way is also figuring out a way to get it done. Well, and we, uh, we kind of talked about this too, but these are despite the final score of Washington and Colorado, right? These were both very winnable games for the buffs 
into the very end. Like Washington, the fourth quarter was kind of kind of a bad time. But I mean, at halftime, they go in with what down by three or something like that. It was really close. And both of these are winnable games for Colorado. And then it's at the end where they're making these mistakes. Like um, two of Colorado's turnovers against Washington come in the second half, and they. Um, uh, and then this week with UCLA, they have these penalties calling back these touchdowns in the second half. And it's just in the drops. Yeah. And the drops in the second half. It's just like they get past halftime and they go into these uh, halftimes either up or close. And then they come out in the second half and they just can't close. And one of the uh, media members asked Coach Mack about this after UCLA. He was like, um, how do you how do you get this team to start closing? Like, how do you coach closing? And Coach Mack said something to the effect of like, well, you got to just kind of keep going at it. But that's a big problem. Like, that's that's a thing that the Buffs are really struggling with is closing these games. I mean, they they keep it close for three three and a half quarters, and then they're just kind of letting it all get away from them. It's snowballing all of a sudden. Yeah, and they're gonna have to figure it out. And I think this is why they have these two games. Um, this is going to be a great opportunity for them. Arizona, Oregon State, they're both very, very winnable games. And so hopefully they can learn how to get it done against a Power 5 team because they haven't done it in the last four times they've played a Power 5 team. Yeah, I'm, we, we talked about that earlier in the week too, but um, they've won three of their last seven games. Three of their last seven. They lost the last two last year, and they've lost these most recent two. And those are pretty much the only games that matter. Those were the games where you're actually playing – contenders those are the games where you're playing teams that really are going to give a good indication of how you are so let's kind of talk about is this a must-win game for the buffs who are sitting at the bottom of the pac-12 south below arizona i think it's most definitely a must-win game and i've been sitting here thinking about it trying to go the other way almost because i think you're going to say it's also a must-win game but if you look at it if they lose this game they're going to be two and or three and three right Oh, and three in conference, so Pac-12 is out of the question, and now they only have are like allowed three more losses until they're no longer bowl eligible, which would be the only thing that they're playing. They have to go on the road at Arizona State, USC, USC at home, and then have to go on the road at Utah and also Washington State after that. So, I mean, if this team is a bad enough team to lose to Arizona and UCLA. Those are also very losable games there. So I think if they lose to Arizona, it's definitely time to start panicking. Yeah, I think you're right. I think um, when when all of us sat down at the beginning of the year, everybody at uh, BSN who covers buff stuff kind of sat down and we went through the schedule and we were like, what games are a, a win and which games are a loss? Like if you're kind of just, just kind of making a judgment call at the beginning of the season. And Washington and UCLA were both games that most of us thought Okay, those could easily be losses for the Buffs, right? Arizona is not one of those games. So I think right now the Buffs having lost to Washington and to UCLA doesn't put them out of the range of reasonable for what we expected for them this season. But that means that they don't get this uh, kind of leeway to lose to USC, who's very, very good this year. They don't get this leeway to use to Utah who's or to lose to Utah, who's also ranked. They don't kind of have this, this wiggle room anymore. And a loss to Utah, I... I don't. I don't even. That says so much about this team, and I think. I think to Arizona, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You said lost to Utah. You're right. No. Uh, the loss to the loss to Arizona this week. I'm sorry. Um, puts them in just like a terrible position, not just in their conference, but like for what they are as a team. It kind of 
puts them in this category of, yeah, the Buffs are not really ready. That's exactly what it shows. And so they shouldn't lose this to this team at all. At home, coming off two losses, they're already pissed off. They just There's no reason to lose this game. At, and so I think that definitely is what makes it a must-win. Yeah, Steven Montez said after UCLA this week, he said, um, if this loss doesn't get you mad and doesn't get you like ready to fight, then I don't know what will. And one of the media members was like, well, shouldn't have Washington got you guys in that mindset? And I think that's right. I mean, the Buffs should have been mad after losing to Washington because of the way they lost to Washington at home by such a large margin. And then, I mean, it would be great if Montez is right, right? If everybody comes in this week and they're just pissed off that they lost to UCLA and they just come in and, like, right the ship, that would be great. But it's it's one of those things where it's like, okay, you should have felt like that after Washington. And you honestly, you should have felt like that by not winning by more against a Division II team. There are a lot of things that kind of should have pushed the buffs into this angry realm. And if they don't get there, they're going to be in trouble. Did you just call UNC Division II team. We're going to have some UNC Bears fans that are going to be pretty pissed off at us about I'm, that. I'm really sorry about mm-hmm. that. I, that's it, it, It's true, though. Yeah, but you're right. And they are hopefully very pissed off about it. Um, Evan Worthington put in a little note. We forgot to talk about this yesterday, that there were a couple fights in practice um, yesterday. And so, obviously, they're pissed off about something. But they shouldn't be fighting with each other. I mean, I don't know what happened. I don't know if somebody... I don't know if it was a personal thing outside of practice, obviously, because we didn't see it. Um, but, I mean, I was there for photo window. I did not see anybody fighting. But I, whatever they're fighting about, them being angry is good. You're right. But not at each other. Like, I don't know. A couple of us were talking about this before UCLA, and we were like, they seem more distracted by, like, being in California and, like, all this stuff where they, like, maybe should be more excited about the game and it kind of didn't seem like they were focused and if they're fighting in practice I mean that's kind of what that means to me too like you're not you're not focused well I don't know when I was growing up on my I played hockey growing up so it was very similar we would have fights between the team I mean I think it's just a part of playing sports and I think it truly does mean that you're pretty pissed off it it obviously also means that there's probably a chemistry issue there but I'm going to go ahead and assume that it was a defense versus offense guy. I'm like probably like a D lineman, offensive lineman See, that went that, a little too a little, a little too hard and it just kind of became something. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the cornerback playing too physically and the wide receiver getting pissed about it. You know, I'm okay with that kind of fight. I'm not okay with like fights amongst offensive linemen, which I guess yeah. is what I'm thinking because they spend a good deal of practice alone with their position groups. So, I mean, I guess it could have happened during a scrimmage, but... Yeah, I just assumed that it was probably... Because I think in football, there's a lot of offense-defense fights, so I just kind of assumed it. That's fine. If you guys... If that's going to make you win a game, I'm I'm good with it. If, if you guys come out and beat Arizona because you were playing too tough against each other in practice, that's fine. So both of us agree, I guess, that this is a must-win game for the Buffs, but do we think that they're actually going to win? Chase, prediction for this week. Ooh. <laughs> um, I've been pretty good with my predictions, actually. I'm currently 5-0 and on the year. I'm the only one on this podcast that is currently 5-0. and I would like so, to say that I was in the right realm of uh, final score, though. Like, I said the 20s. Chase was all up in the 30s, but he was right that the Buffs did lose. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty good day for the Buffs, and I think they're going to score quite a few points. I'm going to go with 38 28 Buffaloes. I 
think I think that sounds good. I think that the uh, Buffs defense is really going to have a good game this weekend. I think if the offense can get clicking, Chase, I think you're right. But I am not a thousand percent sure that the offense can get clicking. So I'm going to say like I don't know, some, somewhere closer to like thirty. 24 buffs. I think it's going to be a little closer than that. All right. So we just did that without even looking at the Vegas line. Um, it's currently at six and a half in favor of the buffs. They're playing at home. Obviously, my score wasn't even close to that, but I'm expecting a little bit better game out of the buffs. And over unders at 58. So 30, 24, that's what, 54? So close. Yep, that's pretty close to Vegas without even looking at it. Um, I'm just a brilliant predictor of scores, guys. Vegas thinks the bus will win. Both of us think the bus will win. We'll have to wait till Saturday to know. I hope Chase is right. I hope the Buffs win by whatever you said, 15 points, something like that. I I think we're going to get a little bit into this, into um, player expectations too here. Uh, I want to see Shea Fields have 100 150 yards and get into the end zone at least once, preferably twice. I, I expect that from him this week. Yeah, he needs a breakout game for sure. Um, another prediction I'd like to make, Drew Lewis will have 15 tackles. And his first sack of the season. Wow, okay. And Rick Gamboa will add on another like 12 to those 15, so they're going to combine for 27 between the two linebackers. I think Steven Montez is going to throw four touchdowns and not turn the ball over. And uh, I think Phil Lindsay is going to have a good game, too. Right. Expect a lot These out of These predictions offense. are going to get us into a lot of trouble if they're wrong. But I don't know why they would get us into trouble. We might hit on a couple. That's, I, the, I think that's the good thing about doing like six different predictions is we might actually hit on two and then we'll be really right. That's fair. I also think that um, our predictions are like not beyond the scope of capabilities of these players against this team. You know, I'm not saying that like Jay McIntyre is going to have 400 yards and four touchdowns. I'm, I'm I think I think I'm being fair here. I think the offense is capable of this. What are you saying about Jay McIntyre? I'm saying Jay McIntyre is a great short yardage wide receiver and occasionally makes a big play. Jay Mack is one of the most reliable players on that team, but he is not a 400-yard wide receiver. He is not. Jay, if you're listening, I think you can do it. <laughs> okay, so right after the game, Chase is going to put up some uh, some player grades for the game, and he will let you know whether we are right in any of these predictions or if we were just totally wrong, just just so wrong. Um, Chase also is going to give you a little bit of uh, recruiting information right now. So what do you have for us, Chase? Um, well, there isn't much on the recruiting front. There was a, a lot on about last week and all the visitors that visited here during the Washington week. There hasn't been much about who's coming here for um, this weekend. It's family weekend, so it'll be a lot of families for the CU players, and most coaches' families will be in town as well, so maybe they're not going to be spending as much time with recruits. I don't know, but... So when we know, you will probably also know as well. Um, The one big news is that you should be keeping your eye out on Friday because there is a player... um, There's actually some rumors that he's expected to be committing on Friday, Hassan Hypolite. So keep your eyes out for that. Um, The decision's down to CU, Texas Texas Tech, Houston, and East Carolina. Um, 
that should be coming Friday. There hasn't been anything officially from his Twitter account, but just keep your eyes out for that. All right. I think that about wraps us up for the uh, part two of our BSN Buffs podcast for the week. We will, uh, like I said, Chase will have his grades up for player performances right after the game, so look for those. Other than that, you can follow us on social media at BSN Buffs on Twitter. I will also have Instagram and Snapchat running during the game this week. I might be taking over Snapchat this week. We'll uh, see. Let's see if Chase is going to take over Snapchat. That would be awesome for me because then I don't have to have a camera and run Snapchat. But um, our Snapchat handle is at BSN Denver. And, yes, uh, at it. We're we're running pretty much every game. We've already done every game so far this year. It's even, pretty cool. We get like the players game. running out of the tunnel. We get we get some cool stuff. So definitely check that out. Um, our Instagram is going to be all of mine and Matt Cisneros's photography. He's also wonderful. If you don't follow him, check him out. And then uh, you can follow myself and Chase on. I guess is your Instagram the same on Instagram and Twitter at by Chase Howell and at Samantha N Weaver and. For Chase Howell, I'm Sam Weaver. We'll talk to you soon. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.